talk to people, find out other, find out from other people who are doing that work, something similar, um, what it's like, ask them for pointers, uh, talk to them, engage. Uh, it, it's almost like networking, but um, I guess it is networking. Talk to people who have done it. I thought I knew what I was getting into, and for the most part I did, but there were key elements that I was missing and it slowed me down. Um, I would say, talk to other people. You may find that um, the experience is not anything like what you want it to be. Um, you may find that it's exactly what you are hoping it is, but you have to take certain steps to make sure you don't go down the wrong path. Um, it's like any other business. You know, once you go down a path, it's hard to backtrack and, and start over um, or, or redo even part of it. So I would talk to people who have succeeded. I should, I should uh, put a caveat on that. Talk to people who have succeeded in this, who are running their own business. Ask them about um, building, you know, how do you build a network? How do you uh, acquire clients? Uh, how do you do your marketing? Um, what's the legal aspect? You know, what's the difference between a DBA and an LLC? I didn't know, but, you know, I, I found out and it, I had to, it, it, it took time to come to that decision. Um, so, I, yeah, get advice. Get advice. If you've never done it before, you don't know what you don't know. And um, even if you don't know exactly how to do some of the things that you'll find out, at least you know where you are on the landscape and you can plan accordingly. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur. It's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Ike uh, Dimitriadis. And uh, Ike uh, was uh, growing, or when he was going off to school, was interested in uh, technology during school. So went to Columbia and got in, uh, did engineering, and was a, a technologist, and then began his career as a developer. And uh, or the role of the developer shrunk and has become more specialized. And so um, I was doing so or did software development for a, for a few different companies. I think about four different companies doing similar roles. And then went to a business school to increase his skills, uh, more focused on leadership and strategy. Um, and was uh, did a part time or did that part time as he worked, and then finished it up. Stated the company that was he was doing it during school for a couple of years. Changed jobs um, to another business where to build areas he was building his network. And then last May he decided to start his own uh, consulting firm, building out and further building out his network. So, with that much as a uh, introduction, welcome on the podcast, Ike. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate it. Uh, good to be here. Absolutely. So I just uh, took the 30-second version of a much longer journey. Um, yeah. So with that, why don't you or take us back a bit in time to when your journey got started uh, studying uh, technology and engineering at uh, Columbia? Yeah. So Columbia University was, uh, was a good place to cut my teeth and learn about the basics of uh, computer programming, software development. Um, when I got to the marketplace, it was expected that you as a computer programmer would know the business and the, the programmer basically did everything. The developer uh, built things. There was a QA team, but it was QA development and deployment. Um, and my skills grew as I was doing it more and more. Uh, and after a couple of years, I noticed that there was a trend that there were 
uh, more and more responsibilities taken from the developer and given to other people. Uh, the roles of uh, project leader, uh, program manager, um, all these other roles began to develop that used to be the responsibility of the developer and they became more specialized. So just reading the tea leaves, um, I wanted to get involved more in the business, but I knew I didn't have like the vocabulary. I didn't have the background. So I went to business school to basically Let learn the concept. dive in just a, yeah. a bit because that sure. was like over the space of, I think, working for four different companies, right? So where, take us back a bit in time. You're coming out of school. You graduated. You had the engineering. You started doing it, being a developer. Where yeah. did the journey start? So what was, the, what was the first business you worked with? So the first business um, was a company called Jayak. Um, they were putting out uh, database interface uh, tools uh, with a with a slick UI. Um, it was mostly Unix, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, and it, it was it was good. I had a really good mentor there, and uh, I you know I I made all my mistakes, well most of my mistakes there. Um, learning the importance of QA, why partner with them, uh, but I really loved developing solutions, right? Coding seemed to be the way to do it. Uh, and it was very scientific, uh, which lends itself to my personality. I, I like having, uh, you know, thinking deeply about structure and flow and, and all that stuff. So, uh, I mean, I always wanted to do computer programming uh, growing up in, uh, I grew up in basically uh, in an immigrant family. Um, my parents came to this country and computers were the thing. Uh, and so growing up, uh, we were talking about what was out there uh, in terms of the American dream. And, uh, and I started to live it, uh, being able to do technology. I mean, technology was really the big thing uh, when we're talking about like the early 80s. Um, but Jayek was the first company where I really figured out the difference between up and down. Uh, it really was much, very much a, an orientation experience. Um, after a couple of years, I outgrew it. There's just no <laughs> good way to say that. Uh, I, I was proficient uh, and I was looking for the next challenge and it wasn't there. Uh, I did actually pursue some internal opportunities, but um, it's really hard to move up, I, I find, uh, in a company. When people see you in a certain role, that's your role. Um, so, I, I went to another company, Information Builders, where uh, I learned, it was a bigger company. I learned what it was like to work for a large company. Jayek was a smaller company. Um, this was a, a bigger company where the employee count was in the thousands uh, and it was uh, on a corporate floor where uh, everything was much more formal. Uh, it was just as much a learning experience because I was hired as a senior developer. So um, I was doing development, but I was also looking out for other people. And as my expertise was building uh, my cred, I, I was looked upon as a, as a source of information, as a source of knowledge. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, did that for a couple of years. Uh, I, I learned about new systems. That's where I first uh, encountered uh, the Windows platform development. Um, believe it or not, it wasn't, it was hard to see Windows at that time as a, as a, solid development platform. It seemed um, not the most mature when you're looking at it in the context of like Unix and, and all the different flavors of Unix, not just Linux, but different flavors. It wasn't as mature. And, and as it began to develop, I began to engage with it. And uh, I thought it was cool because I thought Windows was cool. Um, and so, yeah, I did that 
until the dot-com boom. Um, <laughs> right around year 2000, um, I joined the dot-com. Uh, it was called Rare Medium. Um, great experience, great people, uh, much less formal, which was nice. I, I think I just needed a break from formality and, you know, having, I enjoyed my freedom in being able to develop and exchange ideas. And, uh, and that particular company was well-connected. So I was able to work with vendors and, and work with the, the Windows ASP team, which was totally, totally cool. Uh, learned a lot. Um, unfortunately, the economy did not allow me to stay there more than a couple of months. So we all know what happened uh, at the end of the dot-com uh, bust. But then I joined uh, another company that wasn't a startup, but was. Uh, it was uh, Merrill Lynch had uh, spun off a company. At the time, it was called Ideal. Uh, now it's called IPRIO. It's gone through a number of mergers, acquisitions, whatnot. But um, that was where I got into financial services and finances. The, the clients were um, all of the major banks and the pressures of being able to deliver quickly in bulk uh, and have it be right with a very small margin for error um, was reorienting for me. It, I had to adjust to that. Uh, I, I admit that it was tough. I... I grew in the sense of being able to see the customer feedback there. And by that, I mean, you know, I was yelled at by customers. <laughs> that, that's just what, we, what it was. But in fairness to them, you know, I didn't realize the small things that I noticed were big things for them. Uh, it gave me a better appreciation for how much the business depends on technology and it has to be right the first time. Like, uh, they are, we're not paying them to test uh, our stuff. We're not uh, looking to them for feedback to improve our product. We're delivering the product, finished, polished, ready to go. Uh, and that gave me a really good uh, perspective on how big the world was. Um, when you're dealing with big banks, you know, there, there's uh, millions and millions of dollars. I, I remember my first couple of weeks, I was entering some sample data and I put things in the thousands of dollars and my manager looked at me strange, just like, Dude, millions, <laughs> tens of millions. Those are the dollar figures that we that our software works with. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it, it was, uh, I learned a lot. I got a lot of skills there. Um, you know, as I was going through my journey, I was developing more and more skills. Um, but it was during the, the downtime. It was after the dot-com crash. Um, and it was before uh, things picked up again. Once things start to pick up, um, there was the Google IPO was the huge turning point in my career. I didn't work for Google, but um, the Google IPO was being underwritten by uh, Credit Suisse and Morgan Stanley at the time. And those two companies were hiring like crazy because this was a, a big deal. Um, people were killing to get in on, on being able to buy some shares early. And so um, I think the, the, the IPO strike price, I think was like something like $30 a share, which you look at it now, it's just crazy. But, um, but I, I, was, I found an opportunity with Morgan Stanley. Um, there, it was a little more sane. <laughs> uh, not being part of a small company, being part of a big company, you had better support, you had uh, better, um, better tools. And you had some pull in terms of defining uh, project deliverables and timelines. So, um, so it was more professional, 
You know, I, I was I was moving up, but at some point at Morgan, um, I realized that I didn't know the business as well as I needed to. You know, um, I understood technology. I could look at code and tell you within 30 seconds what it's doing. And if there was a bug, where where to look. Um, but in terms of what even an IPO was, uh, what a secondary offering was, no idea. Uh, and I realized uh, also there was a great tuition reimbursement program. So this was the time to go to business school. Um, and that turned into another, uh, it turned the direction of my career. Um, because the thing about technology is you can only go so far in terms of growth, right? Uh, you're a developer or a tester or uh, a user experience expert. And then you become a manager, which isn't always a fit. Uh, it was a fit for me, but a lot of people struggle with it. It's not really a fit. And then after that, that's it, right? Uh, they, they don't uh, they don't manage businesses. They don't manage business units because they're not business people. Uh, and, and that's not the career path. I mean, maybe architect. I've seen um, where you could be, um, you know, defining architecture, defining standards. Um, but it's not like what I thought where it was, you know, CTO. To get to the CTO, you have to go through the business. <laughs> there's no growth from senior manager to, uh, there's no path rather, senior manager to CTO, CIO. So went to business school. I learned about business. I learned about uh, finance. Uh, I learned about leadership. I specialized in leadership and strategy. Um, it was a Stern School of Business, by the way. Uh, huge fan, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, went to the part-time program. Um, and I learned about strategy. I learned about the importance of it and how to think about it, how to monetize um, assets, how to monetize time, um, how, how to find uh, value, how things are, are value, valuation. Um, and also I got the opportunity to, in a bubble, so to speak, kind of run my own stuff. Uh, and I found I really liked it. I liked being able to come up with a vision. I liked being able to define uh, the path, the road, you know, the roadmap uh, to achieving the vision, defining milestones. I, I, I liked it. It was still about delivering solutions, um, but it was a, a clearer path. The steps were clear and I had better tools, better knowledge, better expertise. And I had a network now um, because turns out Lots of people go to business school and they work in lots of industries. And I made a lot of friends in a lot of industries uh, all ready to give advice and lend support, you know, when needed, when, when, when you ask for it. So now one, one that was question great. that comes, yeah. comes up just on that is, so you went off to the business school, got the MBA, you know, you were working part-time or doing the MBA yeah. part-time as you're also working was the That's intent right. that, Hey, this was going to enable you to build, uh, you know, build yourself up within the company and have additional skill sets, or was the intent always at some point, I want to venture out on my own. And this is kind of the stepping stone to do that kind of what was the, the thought or thought process or the plan yeah. as you were uh, getting the MBA? It was both, um, just not at the same time. Uh, so the immediate plan was to grow within the company um, and, and be, be able to move up. And it, it kind of succeeded. I mean, I did get uh, a promotion. Um, I did get more responsibilities. I, I grew in both credibility and responsibility. Um, and, and, and it worked out. So it, it, it was interesting because the, the skills that I used 
to move up uh, just had more to do with presentation and polish and being able to speak business as opposed to speak technology. Um, it was eye-opening eye and alarming at the same time how I, my former responses to questions when uh, business people would ask them how off the mark they were, how, I, how far I had misunderstood what they were looking for. Um, and now that I was able to do it and I was able to speak the language, so to speak, um, it afforded me a lot of opportunities because people were able to see uh, the value that I was adding uh, to, the, to the process and the value I could add, the more value I could add. So um, at the same time, I gotta tell you, um, I graduated college wanting to start my own business. Um, had I done that, it would have failed but just because I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, and at the same time, when I was doing B-School, the, the classes I took were not only for my immediate career needs, but I was setting myself up for down the road, starting my own business. Um, I took a bunch of entrepreneurial oriented classes, so to speak. Uh, I, I learned a lot. I got a lot of good experience. I got I had a lot of rough experience, but the roughness smoothed out what needed to be smoothed out. Uh, so it, it was it was both to answer your question, um, just on different timelines. No, that makes sense. So now is your your so you go get the MBA doing that part time mm -hmm. as you're continuing to work. You come out of school now. How long did you? I think you stayed with the company you're at for another year or two. Is that right? Uh, it was actually about four years. Okay, so that four years. So you, you stayed yeah. with them for a period of time, and I yeah. or I guess the question, one follow up question to the previous one, which is, did it afford that ability to grow or to expand and gain additional experience within the company you're at over those next four years? In other words, was it worthwhile, or did it come into play more as you decided to venture out on your own? It, I, it, I was able to achieve uh, what I wanted in terms of growth. I, there were more opportunities. Uh, that were offered to me um, and I took advantage of them. Um, that said, it was closer to graduation date. And so four years later, I needed to do something different. I needed to do something um, more oriented around um, creativity and being able to deliver solutions. I started finding it frustrating that I would see opportunities for improvement. Uh, business opportunities, growth opportunities, uh, revenue opportunities. Uh, and when I would talk about them, I would get answers, one of two answers. One was, no, nah, that's not going to work. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> uh, and, and answer two was, that's a fantastic idea. I'll tell the person who is running that program now about this possible opportunity. Again, gee, thanks. <laughs> so uh, I, it, I did grow, but I quickly hit a wall again because all of a sudden I had vision for bigger things. All of a sudden I had capabilities um, that I couldn't use in my current context. And it began to become stifling. Um, I, I'm, you know, if you ask any of my friends at the time there, they'll all tell you that I, I was looking for the next step uh, and nobody was giving it to me and it was getting frustrating. Um, and, you know, especially with big business, you can't just go out and grab it. I mean, you can to a certain point, but there's a, you know, there's a line. And after you cross that line, you get slapped on the wrist. You, you, you have to work within a context. Um, and so I was looking for other opportunities. I hadn't yet started. Uh, I hadn't yet started thinking about starting my own business because 
my kids were born. They were small. I had financial responsibilities uh, to my wife and my family. And um, I, I, I had to have revenue coming in for that period of time. And I knew that. So, um, so I joined with S&P Global. But when I was doing my job search, I explicitly said to everyone who I spoke with, um, I am looking for a problem. I don't want to go to a place that's already set, that is already humming, running well, and my job would be to keep it going and, you know, incremental changes, perhaps. That's not the job I want. I want a problem. I want to go to a place that's in a state of crisis, and I want to elevate it. I want to repair it and grow it, because I saw that as an opportunity. I saw that as something that I was good at. Um, I that, That's always been... Uh, Improving has always been my bread and butter, um, looking at things and, and identifying where problem areas are uh, and growing them. And at the time, S&P, what is now S&P Global, was actually McGraw-Hill Financial. That was their, their name. And um, all my friends thought I went to a book publisher, but no, it was actually a financial company. Uh, and there was a crisis there. Uh, and I was able to elevate it as much as could be expected. Uh, there were still roadblocks, corporate roadblocks that I had to overcome. Um, and so, but nevertheless, it was, it was good delivering those solutions. And I got to prove it to myself that I actually could do more than what my uh, prior experience, the limitations from my prior experience were. Uh, so, so that was, that was good. But at the same time, it was still somewhat entrepreneurial. Uh, I, I had more, um, I had more say so. I had more freedom. When things would introduce themselves that didn't lend themselves to that, then you know, I, I, I found ways around it. But uh, the next big turn actually happened. Sense. And I, I certainly get, you know, there is a different, uh, I think, a, a significant difference in building a business when it's one that's already established and you're optimizing it or, you know, making it better, improving it, or, you know, um, and uh, and working on those type of things versus hey I'm going to tackle a new problem I'm going to get something going from the the ground up or you know from scratch and right. now I'm going to see if I can actually build something out of nothing so to speak and so yeah. now as you've done that and just uh, or just for time wise or time frame wise when did you uh, venture out on your own or decide to to start building your own firm? So towards the end of my time with S and P Global, I had begun to um, establish some roots, some foundations, just preparatory work, knowing that you know, at some point I was going to move to that. Um, and then the pandemic hit. Uh, ironically, I was actually uh, ready to leave and embark on my own right about the time when, when it hit. Uh, like many people, I was waiting for the bonus payout. <laughs> and uh, so, but, and that was going to be in March and March, everything locked down. So uh, it became relatively impossible to, to do that at that time. Uh, about a year later, uh, the things started to open up and the, the opportunities presented themselves. Um, there, there were openings that, that came up where I was able to start on my own. Um, the, I, I'm, I have and am using uh, my network that I've built up over time uh, to engage with people for, for client work, but uh, I am starting... I started on my own and I wanted to do that. Like I, I have vision for um, hiring and growing, but I wanted to start on my own because I, I wanted the flexibility. I wanted the freedom to be able to define the vision without interference. 
which is what I'm doing now. Um, I knew that there would be a hill to climb there. It was and is a hill to climb still. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, there's, uh, there's no regrets. I am, I'm building my business. I'm growing it. Uh, I am doing, I'm working with technology that I love. Uh, and I'm doing it in the, in, uh, the, in an environment that I enjoy. So, so yeah, no, it, it has definitely, um, I found that everything that I had done up to that point gave me the skills and the wherewithal to be able to launch successfully. Does that make sense? Oh, I think that uh, that certainly makes sense. And so now as we kind of uh, get to where you're at today and, uh, you know, it's a great time to transition to the two questions I always ask at the end of each journey or as, as we reach the, the present day, so to speak, uh, of getting that going. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? The worst business decision I ever made, um, I think there was a point um, after the dot-com bust where times were desperate. Uh, if you were, if technologists remember that time, if y'all were uh, working and looking for work at the time, um, it was tough to find work. Uh, it, it was just, you know, all the technology companies, especially took a huge hit. Uh, and the mistake was that I took the first opportunity that became available because I didn't know if another one was going to, right. I had just been laid off because the company was no longer financially viable. Uh, and I grabbed the first thing that came along without taking a deep breath, looking around, assessing, uh, and deciding for myself, what I wanted. I took a job uh, and, and, I, and I regretted it throughout the time I was there. I mean, not to blame them, you know, I, I attached myself to something that wasn't a fit for me. And it became very obvious very quickly, but at the same time, because of the economic landscape, um, I, I couldn't leave easily. It, it, you know, looking for work is a job in and of itself. Anybody who's done it will tell you, it takes hours if you're gonna do it right. Um, and, you know, when you have a full-time job, it makes it that much harder. But I would say grabbing the first thing that came along uh, back in 2001 was probably the worst decision I made. No, and I think that, there, you know, there's, it is hard when you're looking for a job, you're looking for a position. And one, if you're, you know, looking because one, you have bills to pay, but also two, as you're trying to find something that, that uh, fits or that, you know, that or may line up with what you're doing. It, it's a difficult task or it's one that it's not always, or, you know, easy or seamless on the front end. And yet, you know, you have the, the pressures of why you're needing a job or having that income. So I definitely understand the motivation for the mistake, but also the lessons learned from it. Yeah, second question, second question I always ask is, now if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Talk to people. Find out other find out from other people who are doing that work, something similar. Um, what it's like, ask them for pointers, uh, talk to them, engage. Uh, it, it's almost like networking, but um, I guess it is networking. Talk to people who have done it. I thought I knew what I was getting into, and for the most part I did, but there were key elements that I was missing and it slowed me down. Um, I would say, talk to other people. You may find that um, the experience is not anything like what you want it to be. Um, you may find that it's exactly what you 
are hoping it is, but you have to take certain steps to make sure you don't go down the wrong path. Um, it's like any other business, you know, once you go down a path, it's hard to backtrack and, and start over um, or, or redo even part of it. So I would talk to people who have succeeded. I should, I should uh, put a caveat on that. Talk to people who have succeeded in this, who are running their own business. Ask them about um, building, you know, how do you build a network? How do you uh, acquire clients? Uh, how do you do your marketing? Um, what's the legal aspect? You know, what's the difference between a DBA and an LLC? I didn't know, but you know, I, I found out and it, I had to, it, it, it took time to come to that decision. Um, so I, yeah, get advice, get advice. If you've never done it before, you don't know what you don't know. And um, even if you don't know exactly how to do some of the things that you'll find out, at least you know where you are on the landscape and you can plan accordingly. Oh, I think that that uh, definitely makes sense. And I think that's uh, great advice. So well, now as we wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you or find out more? Yeah, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, the the path to my profile is slash in slash Ike Dimitriotis. Uh, you can see the spelling uh, from the from the broadcast here, but um, you can reach out to me that way. I will respond and I welcome uh, anybody who wants to reach out. Uh, if you want to do business, if you want to get some advice, happy to take any and all. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, connect up and uh, find out more and uh, support uh, a great business. And, and with that, thank you again, Ike, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as a, as a listener. Make sure to click uh, subscribe, share, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Well, thank you again, Ike, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you. It's been a blast.